Welcome to New Destiny Christian Center's Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor David Verdecchio. If you'd like to find more information about our ministry, please visit us online at www.NewDestinyChristianCenter.com. Habakkuk chapter number two. You know, we this year God gave us the word activation for the word of the year for NDCC. You know, I, I was halfway joking around and, and I think we ought to change our name to, uh, instead of NDCC, NDCAC. New Destiny Christian Activation Center. <laughs> Amen. It, it, it catches on you after a little bit when you say it enough. But, and, and so, you know, because the goal is not to be religious, but to activate, to do what the gospel says, to be what Jesus has called us to be, to do in the earth everything that he's called us to do. And all of that takes activation. And today, uh, you know, we've gone through several different, several different words, uh, and today's word that we're using is vision. Okay, vision. And vision is something that is so vital to the Word of God. It's so vital to doing what God wants you to do. Habakkuk chapter number 2, verse number 2. Then yes. the Lord answered and said to me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. Okay, Vision is, is one of those things, you know, I've got several different areas. In fact, I was praying this week, and I was pulling the, the sermon together, and, and God was kind of giving me the, the structure of what he wanted to go over, and, and I kept writing my notes and I kept saying, you know what, God, it feels a little bit repetitious. And so I would try and change the notes and, and I'd go into prayer and then I'd go back to what the original notes were. And I kept saying, God, it just feels like I keep saying the, the same thing over and over again when I'm talking about activation. And, and so right away I begin to say, well, you know, maybe it's because uh, the people just need to get it and we just need to learn it a little bit more. And, and what God did is he told me, no, you can change it when you get it. <laughs> so you all just get to listen to my process. <laughs> Hopefully you're getting something out of it too. But, but God just kind of rebuked me and said, no, you've got you've to get this. You've got to understand what activation is. And so I came up on vision, and I just put it down what God said. Vision and activation do go hand in hand. Okay? Vision is why you need to activate the gifts. Activation gives the ability to accomplish the vision. See, they work hand in hand. Right? They work hand in hand with each other. NDCAC. NDCA, I'm going to have to change all, Lisa, we got to change everything. <laughs> but you know, the, the beauty of vision is this. God, when I, when I look, especially at the New Testament, but the Old Testament as well, but when you look at the Bible, what I see is God taking ordinary men and women, infusing vision into their lives, and then them going out and changing the world. And that pattern hasn't changed. Right? God takes ordinary people. Right? In the Bible, he used Peter. Peter was a fisherman. Right? He used just ordinary people. He, he, he used tax collectors. He, he'll, he'll, today, he uses people that, 
that are, are strung out on drugs or alcohol or whatever, and he cleans them up, infuses vision into their lives, and then uses them to share the gospel and to change the world. I've even learned, and this, this never ceases to amaze me, God can use anybody, anybody, so God can use you to change the world. Amen. Amen. Mark chapter number 16, verse number 15. This is the pattern God keeps showing me over and over and over and over again in the Word. Mark 16, 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Okay? Without vision, there's a lack of focus. Vision is what brings purpose to your life. Vision is why you are what you are. You'll, you'll hear uh, uh, people sometimes say, I have a vision, you know, that, that my life is, is for my children, which is a great thing. Until your children grow up and grow old and you've got to let them go. You're supposed to let them go at some point. Let them be adults. And so, but there's this idea that, 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 that our lives are for something. So your life is for something. There's, there's a reason that you were born, and there was a reason that you were born again. It's so that you can accomplish the things that God has called you to do. There's a reason that you're here. There's a purpose for your life. And when you begin to understand vision, and you begin to understand that there is that purpose, there is that place. When, when I, before I got saved, my greatest fear, I think, was that my life would just be you know, my tombstone would say he existed. He was born March 18th, 964, and then he died. And a few people came to his funeral. God didn't create any of us for that. He created us for destiny, to do something. That's why the name of the church is New Destiny Christian Center. Because when you get saved, your old destiny is interrupted and Jesus puts a new destiny on the inside of you that if you'll walk with the things of God and you'll allow him, he'll use you. He'll use you to change the world that's around you. See, death begins when vision is lost. How many Christians I've known over the years that begin to set vision aside and when you watch their lives, they stop advancing and they plateau. Right? Proverbs 29, 18. Without a vision, people perish. There's death process that takes place when you lose vision for your life. That there has to be a reason that you're doing what you're doing. Why, why go to work every day if there's not a vision and a purpose and something that you're doing? Vision is so important. When churches lose vision, they become religious institutions full of ritual and learning without action. I'll say that again. When churches lose vision, they become religious institutions full of ritual and learning without action. Now, I love church history. And, and the thing about church history that you learn, if you really begin to study it, is a lot of the, all of the churches that, that today tend to be more religious didn't start out that way. They didn't start out that way. Some of these old pioneers of Christianity, of, of the church, were on fire for God. But I loved when we bought this church. This used to be a Methodist church. And when we bought it, we were sitting back in, in what is now the women's bathroom. It used to be their library. 
and we were talking to the pastor and someone else, I don't remember, maybe a board member or something. We were sitting there and we were talking about different things and, 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 and the idea of us buying the building and all. And I remember looking to the side and I saw this picture of these two crazy looking guys. It was an old picture. And, and I remember looking at them and thinking they just had this, this fire look in their eyes. And I knew who it was before I asked, but I, but I asked the pastor, I said, who are those two guys? Those are the Wesley brothers. I said, oh man, they were something in their day. Because they were birthed and born in a passion for God. To do something for God. They had a vision to accomplish something. To do something that nobody else had done up to that point. And they allowed that vision to begin to produce When rituals replace power and action, they're in the wrong order. Jesus didn't institute the Lord's Supper for ritual's sake. But by definition, it is a ritual. In other words, it's something that we do, right? You guys did it at Avalanche, I'm assuming. You didn't. Okay. But there's, it's something that we do every month, right? It's something that we do. Why? Because Jesus commanded to do it. It's not the ritual of it, but why did, why did Jesus tell us to do it? Because Jesus understood that if you begin to do something for God, you're going to have to remember who he was and what he did. See, he instituted it for a purpose, not for ritual's sake. It's the purpose of, of, of doing something for God and needing to know. Because you, know, you get so lost sometimes in doing something for God... Every now and then, you just need to take that. It's good for you to do it on your own. You know, you don't have to have a pastor pray over it. It doesn't become Jesus' body. There's, there's, it's, it's, it's a wafer and it's juice. But it's the power of what it means that does something. So ritual can be something that, that, that stops us from being able to step into the things of God. It's the same thing with learning. Yeah, you have to be careful with this one. I'm not anti-learning. Okay, just look in my office, look at my house, look at my Pastor Teresa's office. Books, 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 books. Why? Because learning is something that's important. Paul told Timothy to study, to show yourself approved. Okay, so learning is something that's important. But when learning never leads to doing, there's a problem. When learning never leads to an action, to doing something, in, in today's society, with the advent of the, of the social media, you've got all these people that have never done anything, but they're telling everybody else what to do. That they're ever learning, but they're never actually experiencing. Does that make sense? When teachers teach from their learning experience and not from their actual experience, something's wrong. You have to have a personal vision. When life ceases to have a purpose, progression stops. Why are you here? You should ask yourself that question periodically. And I don't mean here at New Destiny. Why are you here on earth? Why do you do what you do? What is the purpose and the point? What is the plan? What is there on the inside of you that drives you forward? Sometimes it's good to stop and begin to say, you know what, God, I need, I need a vision. I need something personally that you begin to put on the inside of me a reason that I was born, a reason that you've been put here, all right? 
Now, I understand pain. Anybody ever been through church pain? Church pain is very real. There's hurts. There's things that go on. There's things that happen. But let me say this about church pain. If you give up your purpose, if you give up your vision because somebody hurts you, the devil won. The devil won. Because the minute he steals your vision and your purpose, you stop. I know far too many Christians, unfortunately, that no longer progress and they point to something that happened 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago as the reason for not progressing. You've got to take that pain and you've got to turn it into something that you learn so that you can move forward in the things of God. It's not an excuse for what happened, but it is something that can cause you to move forward. Do you have a vision? Acts 2, starting at the first verse. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole earth, it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So what happened in this, first Jesus began to tell them, you've got to go into the whole world and preach the gospel. There was vision. There was training that took place that he imparted vision in them. And then what he did is he took them on Acts chapter 2. I'm going to use this fan as a... That's a great sound, isn't it? It sounds very industrial. So here we have a fan, right? Now, this fan was designed with a purpose. Somebody sat down at a drafting table, I'm assuming. Today would be a CAD computer, but somebody sat down and they begin to decide what they wanted in a fan and they begin to design this fan. Right? It's not your ordinary fan. It's not the kind of fan that I have in the bedroom that's 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 not as high powered. It's, it's not high like this. It's a different. This was designed with a specific purpose and a point, and it was designed to be able to accomplish moving air. Okay, you were designed with a purpose. So look at the disciples. Jesus took the disciples, and he began to call them to himself, and they followed him, and he began to train them. In other words, he put in them what they were going to need in order to accomplish a future vision. He understood that they were going to need forgiveness. That they were going to have to forgive people. So he began to place in them that peace, that part, and tell them, people are going to hurt you, but you have to forgive them. He didn't give them any option. He didn't say, well, you have to forgive as long as it wasn't a 10. If it was a 5 on the injury scale, then you can forgive them. But if it's more than a 5, you don't have to forgive them. See, he put in them the very idea that you have. And then they said, well, we don't know if we can do that. How often do I have to forgive? And Jesus said, 70 times 7. In other words, you've got to forgive blanketly. You've got to understand people are people. And people hurt people. And even people that have been hurt, hurt people. 
It's, just, it's a part of life. I'm sorry. But it's a part of life. And Jesus understood that. So when he was designing them, just like the designer of this fan, he placed forgiveness and said, this is a piece that you're going to have to have. He placed discipline in them. Birds of the air have some place to lay their head, but not the Son of Man. He put in them this discipline that says you have to progress through the things of God. You have to press. You have to be uncomfortable at times. You have to do what it takes in order to preach the gospel. He began to put in them the idea of discipline. He taught them what it was to pray every day. He taught them the idea of making sure that you do what has to be done because you cannot preach the gospel. You cannot really walk in the idea of vision unless you have discipline in your life. That's not necessarily perfection, but it is discipline. He taught them about sacrifice, that it costs you to fulfill vision, that anybody in this earth that has ever accomplished something and it cost them something, because sacrifice is just a part of them. He began to give them the pattern that they would be able to preach. That Jesus would go and he would go to different areas and he would heal the sick and then he would preach to them. And it was a pattern that they were able to use. He was placing in them all the tools they need. He began to show them miracles. They had all the teaching they needed. but they weren't able to use it until they were hooked up to the power. See, this fan is designed to work. Everything that it needs, the motor is the right motor, everything that it needs is there, but I can... all day long. It doesn't mean that it wasn't designed properly, and it doesn't mean that it can't fulfill the vision that was placed in it, but until it has the power hooked up. Until it has the power hooked up, it can't do anything. So what Jesus did is he trained them with everything they needed. Then he put vision in them. And he told them, you got to go everywhere. you got to go all throughout the whole world. I died. I rose from the dead. It's time for you to go. He put a vision on the inside of them. See, Jesus has spent time in your life planning what you need to be successful in the things of God. You, you may say, I just got saved. Jesus put inside of you the things that you needed. That doesn't mean there's not more training that will be there. Right? So, Pastor Teresa was talking about prophets. We have to have in New Destiny prophets that are called of God, that are trained, that begin to be placed and activated in the ministry. That there are apostles that have to be trained and things put in them so that they can be activated and put into the ministry. And the same thing with the rest of the five-fold ministry. It's the idea that all that has to be put in you, but then the, 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 the vision is that you can begin to produce and see God do what he needs to do through you. Okay? So, everything that this van needs is in there. It's hooked up to the power. See, when the Holy Ghost came, he gave them power. When the Holy Ghost came, he gave them power. Power to do what? See, power doesn't do anything by itself unless power is controlled. If I take a stick of dynamite, and I say it all the time, take a stick of dynamite, throw it out there in the yard, it's going to make a big boom. 
but it's not going to do anything. But if you take and you lay a, a, a wire mesh, a steel mesh over top of that, and you light that piece of dynamite, when it blows up, it's still going to go boom. But the power is going to be directed downward, and it's going to make a bigger hole. Right? Years ago, when I was working construction, I, I was a, we were up in northeast Pennsylvania, and they were drilling, because it was all stone, and they were drilling the foundations. And these guys that looked like they just crawled out of the mountains, they had hair down to here, their, their, their beards, you know, they just had that look. And all day long, they had these giant drills, and they would sit there and drill into the stone. Hole after hole, hole after hole, they would drill. They would drill, they would drill. And then at the end of the day, it was, it was almost like a show. We were enjoying it. At the end of the day, they'd say, okay, because we were working on one over here, and they were drilling one over here for the next one. And they'd say, okay, everybody, we're gonna, we're gonna, we got everything set up. We're going to blow it up. So we would all get, and one day in particular, they told us, they said, now, you might want to get behind something on this one because we're doing it a little differently. See, normally what they would do is they would set a timer, and if they had a string of holes where they were going to lay a pipe, it, they would blow, boom, 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 like that, and it would kind of go down in a row. Well, they decided on this one day that they wanted to have fun. It was Friday. <laughs> and they took the timer off so that they would all blow up at once. And, and so we're, we're standing there, you know, and it, you know, it's over there a ways, and we're standing, you know, you want to watch, so you're kind of, the truck's there, but you know, you got your head up. And when that thing went off, man, there was rock flying everywhere. It was fun. Right? But if they'd have just thrown the dynamite out onto the ground, it wouldn't have accomplished what they needed to accomplish. They had to put it down in a hole so they could direct the power to do what they needed to accomplish. It's the same thing in our lives. You didn't get filled with the Holy Ghost just so you could have power so that you could say you have power. There's a purpose. There's a reason power to activate what you've been taught to accomplish a vision that's what the Holy Ghost is for right he told them here's your vision now don't go anywhere make sure you go over here and wait wait for the power because you have to have power to do what I've already told you to do you're gonna have to take that power and you're gonna have to use it to accomplish what I told you that's the reason the Holy Ghost came for us so that we could have the power to do what we were instructed to do. Now on that day, it says that they all got the gift of tongues. Now, tongues, part of the power, they got two things. One is they got power to accomplish something. Two is they got the gift of praying in tongues. And what that is, is it's the ability to pray the perfect will of God. That when you pray in tongues, we're tongue-talking church, and we don't, we don't deny it, we don't turn from it, we enjoy it, we embrace it if you haven't noticed. And the reason we pray in tongues, you cannot pray wrong. You, you can't, you can pray, I don't like Doug. God bless Doug with boils. Right? You can pray that in English or Spanish. You can pray that. But then you start praying in tongues, Chateau Capitals, and the Holy Spirit's going, bless Doug, bless Doug, give him a good life, raise Doug up, put Doug in position. The Holy Spirit can't pray amiss. 
the Holy Spirit, when you pray in tongues, you're praying the perfect will of God. Why? Because it's God praying through you. He's using you to speak the things of God out. So when you pray in tongues, that's why I tell people all the time, pray in tongues all the time. Why? You can't mess it up. It's impossible to mess it up. So pray in tongues. That doesn't mean don't pray in English. Right? I pray in both. I'll switch back and forth. I'll flow. Okay? The second thing the tongues does is it builds up the inner man. It, it builds you up on the inside. In other words, it takes those tools that God gave you, tools like forgiveness and steadfastness and those things, and it gives them so that when you're praying in tongues, you're building yourself up on the inside so that when stress and pressure begins to hit your life because you're doing what God wants, that it comes up underneath you and it causes you to be strong enough to be able to stand in the day of adversity. That's another reason that we pray in tongues. There's a whole bunch more in a book that my wife wrote. So when you pray in tongues, you're connected to the power, right? These modern, they didn't have these back in the day, you can, but you're attached to the power. But the fan's still not on. It was designed properly. It has power attached to it. But what it's missing is activation. There's a switch on the inside here that when you pull this, it activates the power to make the motor begin to spin so that the blades on the fan begin to move so that the fan can do what it's accomplished to do. Vision, power, activation. And so in our lives and in this season right now that God's got us as a church, he, he's showing us that it's time to activate some things, church-wide and personal-wise. That there's a time of activation to begin to step into what you've always known. And so somewhere along the line, you've got to pull the chain. It's nice and loud. so that you can activate the design that God gave you on the inside. God wants to use you and activate something. We're in a place, and it's by God's design, where God said it's time to activate. Some of you have been coming here for years, you've been given the tools. You know the vision. You've been attached to the power, but only you can pull the chain and activate the purpose in your life. See, God wants you to begin to activate. He wants you to step across some lines and begin to see God move at a different level than you've ever seen before because there's a power in activation. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Every head bowed. Every eye closed. Nobody looking around. Maybe you're here and you're not saved. You've never given your life to Jesus. But today, the Lord's dealing with you. Jesus came to save you. Everything that we do has to be based on this one thing. Jesus wants to save sinners. He wants to save the lost. Jesus said, for this purpose I came, to seek and save that which is lost. If you're here and you're not saved, he wants to save you today. He wants to forgive your sins.
He wants to make you right before God. Not because of who you are, not, not, not because your sins are less than somebody else's sins. It doesn't matter what we do. What matters is who we receive. His blood was shed for all. That if we'll just receive him. If you're here and you're not saved, but today you want to give your life to Jesus, you just signify it with an uplifted hand. Is there anyone at all? You're unsaved. You're not right with God. Maybe you're backslidden. Maybe you once walked with God, but somewhere along the line, maybe it was hurt, maybe it was pain, maybe it was apathy, maybe it was just you got tired. It doesn't matter why, but somewhere along the line, you just kind of begin to walk away from the things of God. Today, he's here to bring you back in. You're unsaved or you're backslidden. You're not right with God. If you want to get your heart right, you just put your hand up. Put it right up and put it right back down. Anyone at all. God sees this hand. Is there any man? God sees this hand. Anyone else wants to join these? Unsaved, backslidden, not right with God, but today's your day. Amen. Then you raised your hand. Would you look at me? Amen. I know you meant it, right? Over here, you meant it, right? Would you guys come over here, over here? We're going to have a couple people meet you. Now, maybe you're here and God's dealing with you about activation and vision, about picking the vision back up. Maybe it's picking it up for the first time. Maybe it's just believing that God is able to help you to do it. He wants to move in your life. But I'll be honest with you, only you can pull the chain. Only you have the ability to activate. But you have to be willing to do it. There's a season right now of activation. And those who will step into it, their lives will be changed. They'll see God begin to move them. But you've got to be willing to pull that chain. You've got to be willing to activate the power and the design that God made for you to accomplish. We're going to stand to our feet. We're going to worship God. If you're here and you want prayer today, you can come. Activation, vision, they go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't forget, Tuesday night we have prayer right here at 6 o'clock. Corporately, we meet right in here. Encourage you to come, be a part of it. If you don't know how to pray, the best way to learn how to pray is come and pray. And we'll teach it. We'll, we'll get into it. We'll show you the finer points of prayer. And God, God's doing some powerful things in prayer on Tuesday nights. Wednesday night service at 7. Well, Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for a, a great weekend, Father, that all that you've done in the women and all the, the moves, that it, they don't leave it. It doesn't end when, when the weekend ends. But, Father, it doesn't end because they continue in it because something was activated in their lives and they can carry it forward wherever they come from. They can carry it forward into that place. So, Father, I pray your hand upon each and every one that you bless, that you anoint, and that you protect and bring us back safely in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message by Pastor David Verdecchio of New Destiny Christian Center. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us online at www.newdestinychristiancenter.com.